following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. For the second straight day, you we bring you Talking Cowboys. How about that? Two in a row here on 930 as we're actually, or I'm actually, in studio. The SWBC Mortgage Studios, we're still virtual. We're still, still rolling from different spots overall, but we're glad to have you with us here on Talking Cowboys as we continue leading up to game week and the Los Angeles Rams Sunday night football at 720. Kyle Yeomans alongside Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, and our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanback. Guys, it's four days away. I saw the Cowboys posted today that it was Dak days away, and so I feel like that's a pretty fitting way to describe it. But overall, it's it's inching up. You're starting to to kind of dive into these matchups. We're going to preview both the, the Rams offense and the Rams defense over the next two days. Today is specifically going to be centered around the offense, and then we'll move into the defense tomorrow. However, we do have some Rams defensive breaking news and I uh, just before we went on actually about 20 seconds before we went on uh, Chris Beam our producer in the back was the the one that broke the news to us but Isaiah I know you've got the numbers Jalen Ramsey just signed his new deal he's been waiting on it for a long time it was actually a centerpiece in the the HBO series of hot hard knocks this year and uh, he turns around and actually gets it signed today What, what were the specifics on that deal Isaiah Man, it looks like we got five years up to $105 million with $71.2 million guaranteed. Whoa! Mr. Motormouth will be talking a lot this Sunday. He will be talking yes. a lot. Golly. He's, he's got that brink truck for real now, right? $71 <laughs> yes. million guaranteed. Is that the, that's yeah. the highest paid DB contract ever, I think. That has to be. We're talking about that's quarterback money. That is. That's, that's an insane that amount of money. And you, you look at what he was making previously. He was on a four-year deal, which was $23.3 million. I believe that was signed during his time in Jacksonville before he was actually traded over uh, and yeah. became a part of the Los My Angeles God, Rams. That is... So, you see, he got a little bit of a raise. <laughs> he got a raise, and he's somebody who – well, just hey, Kyle, just a little bit of a raise, right? Yeah, just a little bit. It's a raise that I know I would at least want to to be a part of my paycheck, but I, it's okay. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. I, I'm sh- I could, yeah, I could get, I'll get into we it. Could, we could do so money. many different sure, things. But somebody else who uh, who got a new deal was actually on the Cowboys side of things. Randy Gregory signed his new deal in an extension yesterday, as reported by uh, ESPN and Ian Rappaport, and uh, also Zach Martin restructuring his deal as well. Rob, what were some of the specifics on each of those new uh, deals? One, an extension. One, a, 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 what's it called? A, a restructuring from restructure. Zach Martin, Rob. 
Yeah, that's that's something the Cowboys do with some of their cornerstone guys, and it's just a way to kind of move money around and create some money for probably mostly for next year. Next when year. you're when you're thinking about Dak Prescott and a potential franchise tag again to keep negotiating throughout the offseason. They did it with Tyron Smith a couple weeks ago, uh, restructuring his deal, and then Gregory. He is now signed through 2021. He was set to be a restricted free agent uh, after this season, and it was something the Cowboys were looking at doing in the past, but it, it couldn't happen because of his suspension. So now he's got uh, a couple years at least with the Cowboys. Hey, Rob, you know what everybody's thinking, that that restructuring of Zach Martin, that money is for you-know-who, right? So, oh boy. Eh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not going to start that. I'm not going to start that. Not this show. I'm just looking. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I mean – <laughs> that that was what was the Tyron restructure was the day the man you're talking about got released from a certain team in the AFC North. So, yeah, connect the dots yes. and all that. I think it's for next year. I think it's for next year. But it's fun all to right. talk about. It's fun to talk I about. I just loved looking up at <laughs> I Isaiah's face. I can't face wait for Monday's there. show. I, just, I, I was just a big fan of Isaiah's face, and he was just, like, looking around like, oh, are we getting into this again? Can I, can I smell it coming? Is this, is this going to happen again overall? But I, I think I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there with you, Rob. I think this is a next-year move. I think this is freeing up cap space for potentially trying to bring back your quarterback. I think that's probably the number one priority uh, in everyone's mind going into next year. So potentially restructuring Zach Martin could help that out moving forward. But uh, Well, hey, just remember, too, the cap right now is like $198 mm -hmm. million and it could mm -hmm. drop significantly next year. We don't, we don't really know. I think the floor is like 175, but you got to prepare for that because you just don't know what the revenue losses are going to be around the league. Yeah, things are going to definitely be different moving forward, and you expect it to hopefully stay similar after COVID-19 and after everything kind of uh, works itself out there, but it's, it's still something that's a little bit uncertain across the league, and I mean, that's even across the league. It's not just the Cowboys that are having to deal with that sort of thing uh, moving forward, but let's get into this Rams match up and uh, we, we kind of previewed it a little bit yesterday just speaking on uh exactly who could come out and 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 have that that breakout game if this 53-man roster is good enough uh to to challenge the rams and we'll make our predictions on friday but i think overall this has been and just looking back at the history of the rams and the cowboys this is one of the more interesting series I think the Cowboys have had against the franchise uh, across each of their organization's history. I mean, it's the 32nd all-time meeting, and the Cowboys lead the all-time series 18-17. And so it's it's been even, which is not something you can say with a lot of the series throughout the Cowboys organizational history, especially those who they have played since 1960. Of course, this being the 61st season of Dallas Cowboys football, this is a team they played in their first season as a franchise and they've been able to, to kind of go back and forth and trade blows all the way through. Now, the Cowboys have won four of the last five regular season matchups, and they defeated the Rams last year 44-21 in a beatdown at AT&T Stadium on Week 15 of last year. But, guys, this is not the same Los Angeles Rams team by any means. And, heck, I know you've been doing your research. You've been looking at the Rams overall. But on the offensive side of the football this isn't the same running attack that they've had in the past. No Todd Gurley, no C.J. Anderson. Of course, he's been gone for a little bit longer than Gurley has. But uh, this is a team that might struggle to run the football a little bit, aren't they? 
No, well, Sean McVay is a pass. He wants to be. He is the passing guru, right? And last year, based off of the numbers, they just completely abandoned the run altogether. And so, thinking about them going forward as a running team, and I know we're going to get into their offensive line and some of their woes that they are experiencing there. But the rookie that they picked up from Florida State, Cam Akers, if you you know, read any of the, the beat writers uh, stuff coming out of Los Angeles. These guys are high on him, really expecting for him to make a, a step this year and being, I wouldn't say an improvement over Todd Gurley, mm. no. Uh, but at the same time, be someone that can be productive in that backfield. Which, which Rams team are we going to see? Are we going to see uh, the Rams from last year, again, who abandoned the run? Sean McVay, the boy genius three years ago. I mean, the guy can't remember what he ate for breakfast in first grade. So <laughs> we, just have to, we just have to know it and, and just understand that no matter what, the Cowboys know that they're facing a very multidimensional offense that can play a, a plethora of tempos. So it's going to be interesting, uh, especially being the first game without having any tape on what they did in the preseason. Isaiah, whenever it comes to this this running attack, and, and I, we'll start we'll start kind of going through the passing attack here in the second segment. But what is it like replacing a, a face of the franchise? I mean, that, that's what Todd Gurley was. I mean, he was uh, the equivalent of what Ezekiel Elliott has been to the Cowboys the last couple of years. He was the equivalent of that to the Los Angeles Rams. Even from the move uh, from St. Louis to L.A., he was really that first face of the the reestablished L.A. franchise of the Rams. What is it like replacing a guy like that, not only from an organizational standpoint, but specifically in the locker room? Yeah, I wish I could talk to the locker room side of things over in terms of what, how things went down over there because I know it was a little, it was a little shaky um, in terms of his exit, right? I mean, obviously they started cutting back his reps and they were out there putting out reports that he was, oh, he's healthy. He's just, we're just getting some other guys some reps and then we come to find out he has a bad, his knees really bothering him. So I'm not sure how the locker room uh, setting was there, but in terms of somebody with his stature, somebody in his position leaving the organization, I think those are hard shoes to fill. Um, obviously you're, you got, you got, you got, uh, Malcolm Brown, who's been there, who's probably going to be the, the starter in game one. Um, you, then you, bring, you have a, a, a kind of a whole uh, onslaught of rookies behind them that are going to be helping out. You know, and you hear McVay talking about there's going to be a running back committee. I don't see three running backs rotating through a game. You just not in this league. You don't see it happening. Um, so collectively, I think these guys will figure it out. Um, as you know, as my guy Heck already alluded to, and we'll talk about more, their offensive line is not where they want to be. Uh, so the combination of their offensive line and some new running backs, I'm not sure if you really replace that dude, Todd Gurley. Well, you also mentioned the offensive line, and, and one of the keys to overcoming a little bit of offensive line deficiency, Rob, is to have a receiving running back, somebody who can dump the football off to. The two guys that are backing up, or at least uh, the two guys that are up in the top three of the depth chart of that running back by committee, Daryl Henderson out of Memphis and Malcolm Brown out of Texas, those two last year combined for six receptions and just over 50 yards <laughs> all year as receiving threats. Uh, what is it like? Yeah. And I know they've got a rookie in Cam Akers out of Florida State that's going to make an impact in the receiving game, but is that something that you could potentially foresee because of the offensive line issues, Rob? Yeah, potentially. Um, that's interesting. That's a lot different from having Todd Gurley <laughs> on your team who can pretty much, pretty much do it all, right? Um, it's interesting about Henderson. Skip Pete, the Cowboys running backs coach, coached him last year and actually was familiar with Tony Pollard here in Dallas because of the Memphis tape, because they were, they were teammates in college. Um, 
you guys spoke to the to the depth chart, and I'm I'm with Isaiah. Like I just don't I don't see how you have three different backs rotating in the game. I think Cam Akers is the third running back listed mm-hmm. on their unofficial depth chart. <laughs> but you know, Sean McVay came Sean McVay came out the other day and said, Hey, we may come out with all three backs in the same formation to start off the game. <laughs> right. Or we may go five wide with nobody. Nobody back there. So they're trying to they're they're trying to do what the Cowboys are doing and keep you guessing. Um it has been a staple of their offense to have, you know, have that passing game, have that versatility with your running backs. We'll see what they do. Um, you know, they're a little different offensively in their passing game because they traded Brandon Cooks. So somebody's going to have to help supplement some of that somewhere. Oh, they have it too. Yeah, I, I yeah. think they, they need somebody to supplement that. And, and they've said that they're going to rely on Cam Akers quite a bit. I mean, this is a second-round rookie. They didn't have a first-round pick, but they had two second-round picks, and each of them were on the offensive side of the football. We'll talk about Van Jefferson, the other pick that was in that second round, coming up in the second segment. But I, I think whenever you look at the, the, the identity, and, and Heckma mentioned it a, mem- a minute ago, and I'll go back to you here in a second, but they did abandon the run last year, and they went to the passing attack, which was kind of interesting. I mean, they ended up as the fourth-best passing attack in all of football, and you had uh, Jared Goff, who turned around and, and put up some pretty impressive numbers, third in the league in passing yards behind, of course, Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston, and he was actually second in the league with uh, with pass completions of 20-plus or more yards. So he had those numbers. Numbers. They abandoned the passing attack. They went with Sean McVay's genius, boy genius style of play, like Heckman was mentioning, but it was just going away from that identity. Do you think the passing attack is the new identity, though, Heckma? No, I, I really don't. And, and when I look at the similarities between the Rams and the Dallas Cowboys last year, there are just a lot of empty calories. And I'm talking empty calories because of this keto diet that's killing me. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where I feel like a team that waits to the second half to, to become a part of what's going on. You see those late late game rallies where they try and come back nine and seven and the numbers don't lie 22 touchdowns 4600 uh yards from golf but when i do a comparison between golf and Dak, i mean i'll take Dak every time that's just me right uh but you know both of these guys coming in at the same time in the league uh the the passing game looked really good uh late in the season but with the additions of van jefferson from florida i think that really man the the cooks uh, free agency, I mean, they kind of nullified it with this guy Jefferson because I think he is probably as dynamic a receiver as we've seen coming to the league. Just really smooth and a coach's kid. And, and coach's kids, man, when you turn on the tape, they just do consistently the good things over and over and over. No wasted motion. The kid is just really explosive, smooth route runner. Uh, and Isaiah, I know that's somebody you can look at and, and can appreciate what he's doing from a rookie perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, these guys are, I mean, they're, they're receiving core. There's no question about whether these guys are going to be good, right? I was surprised to see that they kept four tight ends. That's very odd, um, to, to say the least, but I think that's a testament also to their offensive line. As we talked about yesterday, in terms of being able to help when you're not when you're not that sure of your of your offensive line, especially your tackles, but um, their receiving core is solid, man. I mean, there's no questions there. We know about Cup, we know about Woods. We you know, obviously we got the, we got the rookie coming in. Um, they're they're solid in that regard. The question is, are they going to be able to protect, right? And yeah. I and I and I don't really see that happening against our front. Yeah, yeah that's, that's 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 the, the biggest thing. That's yeah, absolutely the biggest thing. 
Sorry, that yeah, I mean, I, Goff, you know, he put up some numbers like like Kyle said, but I, I don't think it wasn't his best season of his no. of his young career so far. I think he was picked off maybe 15, 16 times. Yep. I don't, I think he was sacked like the fewest times in the league, but he's a guy that had had to get the ball out quickly last year. I just don't think they found the rhythm of their offense. And and like Heckma said, they got behind in games last year and had to play had to play catch up. I don't think that's the new trend. I think they're going to try to be balanced. I think everybody wants to be balanced if you can. Um, and they do have the receivers to do that. And Tyler Higby is an excellent mm-hmm. tight end. And they do try to use both their tight ends. I mean, I think yeah. Uh, yeah. Everett is, is another guy that they try to get involved. So their offense is all about versatility, tempo, yeah. different formations, and uh, and try to throw you off that way. But, I mean, yeah, to, Higby but, is dynamic and Gerald Everett. Uh, as well, we've talked about the NFC East and the tight ends that we're going to see uh, in this division. We get a good sample size of what we're going to see with Higby and Everett uh, starting Sunday. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that one-two punch is going to be nice. But I mean, but to Kyle's point, uh, these guys. I mean, the, the Rams are based around a run. I mean, yeah, even though they have the ability to throw a thing all over the field, they need a solid run game. Right. And that's why they had the season they had last year, because they didn't establish that. And, you know, and Gurley was hurt, and they, you know, they're bringing guys from, from home to come play, you know, and all, and all kinds of other stuff, you know. So they just really not, never got that never got that established. And I think even with, amongst their abilities and I mean, their talents that they have at every other position, if they can't tote the rock, and then, then you know, then it becomes one-sided. And as a defense, you can stop that. Yeah, but I mean, how, they how haven't they... had a problem with that. They haven't had a problem with being one-sided. And I think that's the surprising thing about McVay and the scheme that he's yeah. using is that he if look, if all else fails, we just gonna throw that pork <laughs> all over the field. <laughs> I, I think that's a fantastic way to put it because it, even though they were a little bit one-dimensional last year, they still were the seventh best total offense because, one, they, they put up so many good numbers on the passing side, even with the turnovers that Rob was mentioning because I agree. I don't think it was Jared Goff's best year, but he just had more passing attempts to, to, to accumulate those numbers with. That's why they ended up with the 27th best uh running game in all of the NFL so the fifth worst running game in the NFL last year but uh, I mean there's plenty to talk to and and we'll talk about some of these receivers coming up here in just a moment but before we go to break I wanted to remind you whether you're watching from home or from cheering in the stands which nobody will be cheering in the stands at SoFi Stadium this weekend but Essilor lenses you'll see every exciting play book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you see more do more Essler when we come back CD Lamb ain't the only cowboy or ain't the only rookie receiver that's on the field come this Sunday night we'll tell you who could give the Cowboys some fits in the passing game when we return here on Talking Cowboys since 1865 Stetson hats are American made with pride right here in Texas and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team want to show your Texas and team pride too you can By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Back to talking Cowboys. Back here for segment number two here of Talking Cowboys. Kyle Yeomans, Heck Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and Cowboys insider Rob Phillips. Glad you're with us here on this Wednesday morning. Every weekday morning at 9.30, Talking Cowboys. From here till the rest of the season, you can't get enough of Talking Cowboys. Or we're going to give you more than you want, either one. Week 1, Episode 2 is where we're at. And, of course, the Cowboys playing the Rams this Sunday night. 7 o'clock is the, the broadcast time. 7.20 is kickoff. And, and I almost said first pitch. I almost went back to my baseball days there, but that's not the case. Uh, I, don't, I, I would <laughs> hope it's not first pitch. Um, but they are going to be throwing the ball around a little bit. And we, we were just talking about mm-hmm. the, the passing attack and exactly what, uh, what comes to the table whenever it's the, the Los Angeles Rams. And with the, the Cowboys right now, we, we mentioned yesterday some of the concern is in the linebacking core, but really the, the biggest concerns is in, it, it are in the secondary. And I think the secondary Second. has been something that uh, we absolutely have – really a lot of question marks about heading into this season and I think uh, this is a game where they're going to get tested Rob and and this is a a tough challenge already with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods who were each 1100 yard receivers but then you turn around you've got Van Jefferson added to the mix that's a trio of wide receivers that's just as good at least uh, on paper as what really the Cowboys are starting to put out there maybe not as good but they're at least in that conversation as one of the better wide receiving cores in the the entire NFL how is this secondary going to stack up well, don't forget Josh Reynolds, my Ooh, guy from true. Texas A&M. Okay, okay. I, 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 I there you go. Throw I, that out there. Gig him. Yeah. I mean, now I, the rookie's probably pushing him for playing time, though. Van Jefferson, like Heckman mentioned earlier, uh, having a great camp from what we've heard in L.A. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm very curious to see how the Cowboys deploy their cornerbacks. And I know we saw the unofficial depth chart, and it's got, you know, it's got Anthony Brown. It's got Trayvon Diggs potentially as a mm-hmm. starter. Um, I wonder how they, how they use those guys and how they might rotate guys possibly uh, to, to combat that. The other thing, I mentioned the tight ends earlier. That's something else. You know, it's all about matchups. And the Cowboys, I will say this, the Cowboys have 
versatility enough versatility to to handle that i think you know a guy like daryl worley can step down in the box cover tight ends i think cheeto could do it you know byron jones that was kind of his job in the past but they do have some versatility to be able to do that but you're right kyle i mean it's it, this is a really potent uh receiving core on paper and what we've seen from jared goff we saw it a couple years ago in the playoff game uh when they really protected him well against dallas when he has time to set his feet man he is really really accurate yeah. Uh, he can throw balls into tight windows mm-hmm. to guys. So it's going to be about the pressure up front more than anything for me. Hey, hey Rob, question, but I don't want to let this slide because I, I I feel like this might be a little topic that we can touch on real quick. It sounded like Kyle was super confident that the Cowboys receiving core is better than the Rams receiving core. Sounded like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. Kyle? Yeah, I would be confident in that. I wouldn't <laughs> say there's a, a, a ginormous gap nonetheless. No, 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 but I, but if we were putting on it scale. on a scale, would you say the Cowboys roster, the Cowboys receiving core or the Rams receiving core? Oh. I love it. I can't wait to hear heck, but Cowboys I got to hit Kyle first. and then Rams, for sure. The Cowboys have the best receiving core in the NFL, I have no doubt. I, after seeing what C.D. Lamb has done in training camp and the <laughs> amount of expectations face? that I have already for C.D. Lamb because of how much – uh, stock I put him in, in him during draft time. Yeah, yeah. The Cowboys have the best wide receiving core. Heck. <laughs> I want to know. Well, look. Okay, so let's do it. That's what we're here for, right? So well, let's we, do it. we are we here? We here. All right. Um, no. It, to me, the Rams with with Woods and Cup, just what they the dynamic together and, and and i and i believe 2000 yard receivers and that's why i did the whole comparison between the rams <laughs> Uh, and the Cowboys, but I just I feel like there's a bit of an advantage there between that duo. Uh, but as far as I mean, Amari Cooper for us, I, I would take Amari Cooper over any two of those, any of those guys. But at the same time, I, I want to see how Ceedee Lamb fits in this in our scheme. But I think Van Jefferson has the same thing that Ceedee Lamb has. Absolutely. All the pressure is not on him. He knows that he has 2,000-yard receivers, and you're going to have to respect what Cooper Cup does because he's a guy that can catch it and just a, take a slant route to the house, right? Yep. And so the, all of those things being com- combined, like I said, Van Jefferson coming into the league, coach's kid, his, his father, Sean Jefferson. Hey, Kyle, he was, he was catching balls in the NFL when you were being swallowed Ooh. and had a little baby cap on. <laughs> and, 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 hey, just, just in case our, our listeners don't know, this, this, this young man is 6'1", 200 pounds, ran a 4'3", yeah. correct? Speed. Okay, just just making sure that everybody knew that. Speeding. And I mean, and he has that real in-game speed. It's, a, it's one thing to run a 4-3 just because you practiced up for it, but it's a, another thing to be actual 4-3 field speed. And that's what Van Jefferson has. So he's one of those 0-60 to 60 guys and 100 guys. And, and when you asked me that question, you kind of threw me off my point, but at the same time, I just want to—I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure that I don't jump out the cake on that because I—and I, again, it's not a one A one B. It's just as far as the separation overall. But yeah. I would get—I would tilt it a little bit over to yeah, the Rams. You're scared. Uh, you're scared team. of Isaiah. So, so Isaiah, wait, Isaiah, you got the Rams number one. That's, I, have, that's I have the rant. I, I, I agree with Kyle. I mean, if, so I'm gonna give Kyle some kudos. All right, I agree with Kyle when it comes to uh, and heck when it comes to Cooper. I'd rather have Cooper than than any okay. of any of those guys right that are on the table. But when we look at the receiving core mm-hmm. holistically, right, you cannot bypass the fact that they have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Right, those guys are 
two of the best in the league that are doing it right now. I mean, you don't think about them as in the same conversation as a Cooper or or, or, or Jones or any of these guys, but when they're on the field together, these boys are putting up yards with 1,100 yards sure. each, each, right? Yeah. Each, right? Super and all efficient. Of this, super yeah. efficient, right? And now you throw in another you know, a super qualified rookie that's going to come in there and just and play the role of the third guy that, that that's been, that's a proven collegiate player. The, holistically, these guys are better. I think they're well, they're more rounded, um, better, well-rounded receivers than just a Cooper um, who really, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a dude, right? But you're not putting Cooper out there to run every route. Let's be honest. Right. And you're not putting Gallup out there to run every route. Right. But you, when you talk about, when you talk about Robert Woods and you talk about cup, these guys can run everything. Right. And they're going to catch the ball. They're going to they're going to break tackles and they're going to get that yak yards. Right. So all of a sudden you throw a third guy in there who's who's complimentary. I think overall they have a better receiving okay. court. Rob, what you got? You know, I, that's I, I hadn't compared the two, to be honest with you. But I think you, you make great points because I think if they had Cooper Cup two years ago, they might have won the Super Bowl. They might have beaten the Patriots, True. you know, because they needed some, they needed somebody else to make plays yeah. in that game. Maybe nobody was beating Belichick in that game. I don't know. <laughs> no, but but um. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I think they're very comparable in terms of having a a kind of a wild card in a rookie receiver with a lot of talent that could elevate the whole group. And and I, I'm just you know if Ceedee Lamb can carry over what we saw in camp, I mean he he looked like a number one wide receiver in, in practice. So, I mean if he can if he can do that as sometimes the third option. I mean, I think the Cowboys do have a chance to be right up there. I think Tampa Bay, obviously, and with Tom Brady as the quarterback in yep. Tampa, they have a chance to have the best receiving core in the NFC, too. I, I completely I agree. agree. And the, the fact that all three of these are being compared, and we're, we are going to throw Tampa in the mix because I, I think what they have down in, in Florida is fantastic as well. Number I don't know one. if I'd put them number yeah. one. I, I still – Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here's the thing. I've, I've been what? itching. Isaiah put me – What is uh, this? Isaiah wanted to, to kind of put me on the spot, and I'm ready for this because – because yes. I completely disagree. Yes. <laughs> I think it's Cowboys 1, Tampa 2, Rams 3, and here's why. So Dang Amari it, Cooper Kyle. last year, you're talking about, okay, first off, let's just say off of what your answer was, Isaiah. I respect the hell out of you, but mm-hmm. your answer was, oh, the Rams have two 1,100-yard receivers and a rookie wide receiver that's qualified and is going to come in and be NFL ready. What is different about that than points. what the Cowboys have? They each have two 1,100 yards returning receivers and a rookie that's way better Correct. than Van Jefferson. I was really high on Van Jefferson coming into the, the draft. But CeeDee Lamb is different. <laughs> CeeDee Lamb is the uh, what could be one of the best receivers in the NFL if he continues what we've seen in tra- training camp and continue what the stock was of him draft-wise because of what he could do to change a franchise. So I think if you're talking about these three guys, the only one that you're disrespecting right now I still feel like would be Michael Gallup. And here's the thing. (laughs) Michael Gallup led all five of those, six of those receivers last year in yards per reception. He had almost 17 (laughs) yards per reception when Cooper Cup had 12.5 and and Roberts Woods Mm -hmm. just barely had 12.5. Gallup had five yards more per reception, Isaiah. And this is a guy who's just barely emerging and is still ascending in the NFL. This is the best receiving core in the NFL, and you can't even fight me on it because they they are. (laughs) My Uh, goodness. Thank you. Hey, Kyle. I want, if you have hate in your heart, let it out. I've been waiting on that to come out of you all doggone year. I'm, that's what I needed. I needed you to have that. I was, that was really just poking the bear oh, right man. there. I, I knew did. you had it in you. Well, 
Now, now, what about? I mean, are we not gonna are we not gonna include New Orleans in, in their receiving pool? No, no, no. New, New Orleans They're has good. a heck of a lot, but, but Tampa, Tampa's the what? best. Tampa's the best. That's what? not even a question. Tampa's the best. They wow. have the best core. Not wow. even a conversation. Not even a conversation. Not even a conversation. You got something personal against that. We're no, not about at all. That hey, there. hey, not at all. I'm just saying, I respect these guys, but to your point, yes, two 1,100-yard receivers head-to-head, boom. I'm not really a stats guy. I'm really not a stats guy because there's so much more that goes into the it game is. than just yeah, stats. Absolutely. The, 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 the Rams receiving core is a lot more versatile than the Cowboys. Facts. Their route running ability is better overall. Facts. I think you're. I still think you're Cowboys, discounting Michael Cowboys Gallup have and CD Lamb. I think those no, two guys are just all, as versatile as, as what you could see out of Cup. Now and, CD, and Woods. now CD, CD, yes, CD, yes. Yeah, but when we're looking at it overall, I'm putting Woods or Cup all over the place. I don't have <laughs> yeah. to put them at just. When you think about when we think about Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, he's going to be on the outside. He could be in you're the. You're putting slot. him outside, and if he's inside, he, he can. can. And if he's going to run an over route or a go. He's gonna run an over route or a mm-hmm. go. Like you, you, you know what he's gonna run, you know, or or yeah. one step slant. So he's limited in that regard versus Cup and Woods. Those guys, you don't know what route they're gonna run. It's true. It's interesting. Hey, but what about what about factoring in just the rest of the offense though that can make those guys? I mean, we just talked about the Rams running back group. They don't have a Zeke. They don't have a guy Very at least true. right right now that can Very true. you know take the pressure off and, and create that that balance. I think yeah. having Zeke is and, and vice versa too. I think when you yeah. if you put the three top wide receivers on the field with Blake Jarwin, that in certain packages, man, that's gonna make Zeke's job so much easier too. Uh, so. hey, and you know what? And the Cowboys should be on paper are substantially more efficient and better team on the offensive side of the ball than the Rams are. That's not even a question. Yeah, right? You're just not talking about just straight up. Just straight I'm talking about straight comparing to wide receivers, head to head. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. offense is, is not it's not even comparable right now, not until they show that they have a running game. No, Champ, you have a point, especially with Gallup and compares, comparing them uh, him to Woods and Cup, and that may be where the difference is, but uh, to your point, Rob, about the running game, even with Cam Akers, one of the things coming out of camp about him is the fact that he can't pass protect. So uh, being that he can't pass protect and they have a $100 million quarterback, I think <laughs> that may be a, a little bit of a tilting of your hand every time we see Cam Akers on the field. But it's, a, it's the tight ends for me and, and what they do in that offense that I think is going to make yeah. the difference in this football game. And so I want to see how – Cow- the Cowboys defensively, whether it be with Worley, I don't know if Jordan Lewis is going to be able, I think it's a game time decision or, yeah. or is not going to play. But either way, in our nickel and dime packages, it's going to be very important whether we relegate a linebacker uh, to that tight end, you know, covering the tight end. We're going to have our hands full with that, not only with Cup, not only with uh, the other Woods, and not only with Jefferson, but in the passing game, I think the tight ends, they make a lot of noise for the Rams. Absolutely. A Hig- Higby and Everett, that's a cold mm-hmm. one-two punch at, at, the, at the tight end position. Um, and I, since we're in the season of comparing, uh, I, don't, I don't think that that's a, that's a comparison either. I think that they definitely have the edge on us in that regard. I think that's My probably... My God! I'm just saying, I'm telling the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I, I, I can't with disagree that with that. Higby. Yeah. 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 Hey, he throwed the whole offense away. <laughs> hey, we, hey our, our offense collectively is better than the Rams' offense. I'm going to put that out there so that, so that can be quoted. However, Only be- because we, of Zeke. Not only because of Zeke. We, gotta, we also talk, have to factor in the and offensive Dak. line as well. 
right? Okay. Our offensive line is more established, right? And, and, but, you know, and, da you. And, and Dak is there too, right? But Jared Goff is, is pretty doggone good himself, right? So Dak and Jared Goff, you know, Dak probably has the edge, of course, but overall, our offense is better. Um, now, offensive coordinators, we're going to see what, what happens with that in terms of their, their battle, because that's a battle that nobody ever talks about. We spend a lot of time talking about the players. When we talk about the offensive coordinators, they're having a battle as well, and the defensive coordinators, so we'll Man, see. Lots of debate, and that's what makes this, this matchup fun, is the fact that it's not cut and dry. It's not uh, the fact that you're going into this matchup thinking, oh, it's going to be a 1-0 season to start for the Dallas Cowboys. This is a tough matchup. This is not going to be a cakewalk in the first game of uh, Mike McCarthy's tenure as the head coach of the Cowboys. It's going to take a little bit of a, a moxie to get it done, even with no fans on the road. This is going to take a, a, a conservative effort from the Cowboys in order to come out of L.A. with a W. Before we had the break, if you're looking for something to change up your dinner routine, help support local Frisco businesses and go choose one of the Star District's local restaurants. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside, pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. When we come back, do the Cowboys make a... Uh, a secret scheme change? Uh, we'll take a look at the depth chart because it sure looks like it when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. One final segment here on Talking Cowboys. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, and Rob Phillips. I'm not going to mention Isaiah Stanback because he thinks that the Cowboys receivers are not as good as the L.A. What? Rams. It's all love. It's all <laughs> no, love. that's Isaiah Stanback. He's outstanding, and, and he, he knows football probably better than any of us because he's the only one that's got a Super Bowl ring. So, <laughs> probably, not probably. Really. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I can't concede <laughs> that just yet. I got to argue with him sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, guys, over the the past 24 hours, the Cowboys did their their 
weekly media release and they they kind of give out their game notes and they they release the depth chart officially uh from the pr team and and there was something kind of intriguing on here that i i wanted to break down <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, it it's on tart archer's twitter account you can go find tart archer that's the one i'm at least looking at now I'll, i might even tweet it out later on just so you can look at it but there were four down linemen it looks like where it says demarcus lawrence dontari poe tristan hill and tyrone crawford are your defensive linemen that are on the first string of the depth chart. Then there's this thing called the the strong linebacker, the Sam linebacker, and there's an Alden hmm. Smith right there. And there's oh, wow. a there's a oh, no. there's a Dorrance Armstrong right there as well. Rob and and Isaiah and and Hecba guys, we've we've talked about this all off season. Are we starting to see a little bit of a scheme change? Now, this wouldn't be 3-4, it'd be more like a 4-3 under type of thing. Yeah, which is like the same thing, really. Which is exactly, I mean, yeah. exactly Honestly, which so, is pretty much so the Kyle, same so thing. So, Kyle, you're talking about 270-pound linebackers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's kind of that's what we're, we're throwing yeah, out there. I mean, the fact that Alden Smith and Dorrance Armstrong were listed on here <laughs> as, as the same linebacker, uh, otherwise known as the strong side linebacker, yeah, means they're going to be off the line of scrimmage. They're going to be standing up, which we've seen during training camp from time to time, but... Do we take any stock in this, or is this Mike McCarthy still playing games with not giving up any kind of information? Yeah, that's playing games and giving you a little bit more of that mystery Mm. juice. Let's Mm. call it that before the first game. Mm. Because, I mean, they have players all out of position. We have CeeDee Lamb returning kicks, Tony Pollard returning punts, so I don't put any stock in it at all. You you got 10 players listed (laughs) on offense? That'll work. (laughs) Yeah, that's well, that's the main reason I don't. But but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we talked all off season. This is going to be a multiple defense. Yeah. So I, you know, I think they're going to give a lot of different looks. And actually, when Mike Nolan was asked about what Randy Gregory could give him when he comes back to practice and games, he mentioned Sam slash you know designated pass rusher. So I think that's kind of the same role they look at Alden Smith. Um, but but yeah, I don't I don't. You can't look at that and say, oh yeah. We got it figured out now. We got to we got to see what happens on the field. And, uh, of course, with with Sean Lee being a part of the uh, or being placed on the IR list, you even have Luke Gifford who was banged up. And Rob, you mentioned yesterday there was a point in time this past weekend where there were two healthy linebackers on your entire roster before they they were able to go out and and re-sign Joe Thomas and uh, make sure that the mm-hmm. that everything was kind of uh, put back into place after the they cleared waivers, but. Is this just a direct proponent of maybe the the multiple defensive look? Is it is it really something that? Uh, and Isaiah, you might be able to answer this. Is this just something coaches do, especially at a time like this when there really isn't a whole lot of information out there? Or is this just, hey, we're filling a, a position of need when Sean Lee's out at the moment? Man, I played for this dude named Bill Belichick, Perfect. and you want to talk about somebody who puts out some, you know, smoking, smoking guns. I mean, this guy would, would throw anything out there. He, he would put out there on the injury report that everybody's injured. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, so, so, Tom Brady was on the injury report every week one season. Every week, yeah. right? And you get no information. So this is definitely something that coaches just do, but I also think that there is some truth to it. I think that, there, I think that with our linebacker woes that we currently have um, currently, I, I think you're going to see three linebackers. I think 
think sometimes you're going to see two linebackers. I think you're going to see Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch in there. And you're going to see three true defense alignment, and you're going to see two defense uh, ends that are standing up as outside linebackers. I think you're going to see all kinds of stuff, I mean, and no one's going to have a heck of a time playing around with these guys. But you have to think about how deep we are at that D line position, defense line position. You have to rotate guys in at linebacker or whatever else you want to call them because we just have too many guys. If you if you only played the our defense alignment as true D lineman, nobody would get in the game. You only have, you know, maybe six guys rotating through. So that's not going to be the case, obviously. We're going to be rotating guys in and out um, like crazy. And so don't be surprised when you see just Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith in there as true linebackers and everybody else's defense alignment. Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely a chance that the defensive line is going to play a massive role uh, in this game coming up on Sunday. And just to, to get you a little excited about maybe some of the past success that these two teams have had, or at least that the Cowboys have had, the players that are on the Cowboys, Everson Griffin, when he was with Minnesota, played four career games against the Rams. How about this stat line? 11 tackles, four sacks, or four tackles for loss, two sacks, 12 pressures and an interception in four games. That's four games worth of a stat line. That's called dominance. Then you've got, then you've got Demarcus Lawrence, seven tackles, a sack, seven quarterback pressures, and two tackles for lost in only three games against the Los Angeles Rams of all time uh, in his career. Poor, poor overall. Whitworth. Yeah, Whitworth's 38 years old, and he's going to be battling against two of some of the better edge rushers in all of the NFL. do you guys think Whitworth – is there a way that we could make Whitworth retire in the second quarter? Like, you know how the kids do in the Oklahoma high school games? The second quarter, just sign it. I'm I'm quitting right here, dog. I'm done. Just imagine if if you're Whitworth, right, and you're watching the Cowboys' offseason acquisitions. You just – every week you're like, come come on, man. Week one? Yeah. He's he's sitting over there by himself. He goes, Man, I should have retired last year if, if this is going to be the case. Here's the thing, though, about Whitworth. I mean, you talk about respect in the league. That's a guy. That's yes, a guy who sir. just gets it done. For, uh, no, didn't. Doesn't matter yep. where he's been. Yep. Doesn't matter how long he's been in the league. They said it on Hard Knocks. There was Very a line true. on Hard Knocks last night where uh, where they said, "Well, he's been playing in the league for a hundred years, and the reason why he'll play in the league a hundred <laughs> more years is because of his demeanor and his leadership and everything that he brings to the yeah. table." So, I mean. You can you can joke around about how he's 38 years old and he's been in the league forever, but he's been in the league forever for a good reason, and there's a reason he's the only left tackle on the entire Los Angeles Rams depth chart at the moment because he's he's uh, a cornerstone. And he's somebody that's going to protect Jared Goff quite well. well he's got a tough good. task ahead of him, though. Everson Griffin <laughs> and uh, Demarcus Lawrence, those are two guys. Alden Smith, you can throw him in there as well. Those are three guys. Be a lot of fresh Three guys that are him. coming right at him, and, and we'll see that on Sunday night. But that's going to do it here for Talking Cowboys. Hope you enjoyed it over the last 45 minutes. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview the Rams' defense and talk about how the Cowboys' offense and that top wide receiving group in the entire NFL will match up. <laughs> (laughs) against that Rams secondary. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll debate some more. But for Isaiah Stanback, for Rob Phillips, and for Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?